Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. So if you follow the pages of the New York Times, to the extent that you'd ever want to follow the pages of the New York Times, they'll tell you that Ron DeSantis hates black people. They'll tell you that first Florida was the state that said, don't say gay, even though that never happened in any bit of legislation. And then they were the state to tell you, don't say black, because he opposed an, an advanced placement class saying that, look, if this is about supposed to be about African-American studies, that's one thing. But this isn't about African-American studies. This is about wokeness. This is about things that have nothing to do with being black. These are not things we should be supporting. As you know what? Uh, we shouldn't have these in the state of Florida. It is the college board putting forth those advanced placement classes that decided to make the change. Maybe that's one of the reasons we're not hearing much about this story. That all the screaming of calling DeSantis a racist didn't change the fact that he actually made the changes. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. The dogs are happy about this conversation. <laughs> William Jacobson joins us right now, Cornell Law Professor, a man who loves his puppies, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com, and you, of course, follow these critical race uh, conversations. You are the creator of CriticalRace.org, what it's happening in universities, what's going on state uh, by state. Uh, break down for me the two parts. Uh, do I have the correct understanding of what it is DeSantis uh, and and Florida was opposed to? And, it, you know, you write it as college board bends the knee to DeSantis. Is that really what happened? Well, yes and yes. <laughs> okay, so yes, you, you had it right. DeSantis never opposed having an AP course in African-American studies. That's a complete media fabrication, just like so many other things. You can tell that's the way they're setting themselves up to attack him were he to become the Republican nominee. Just like the completely fictitious don't say gay bill they've invented out of thin air. So the what he opposed was that the curriculum proposed by the college board for the AP African-American studies uh, course was essentially a CRT curriculum. It was a radicalized, uh, left-wing, ideologically driven curriculum, which also worked into it gender theory and radical gender identity theory. So he said, wait a second, <laughs> we're not going to accept this. This is not an African-American studies course. This is a basically a radical leftist course uh, on racial and gender ideology, and we're not going to do it. And that's what he objected to, never objected to having a course on African-American studies. And of course, then the media went crazy, like you say, now they're calling it don't say black. None of that was ever true, complete fabrication. And what the college board came back with is they essentially accepted his objections, and they've stripped out uh, either all or substantially all of the CRT and gender ideology from the course. And they in fact diversified the course because one of the suggested topics that students can write on 
is uh, black conservatives. So it's a much more balanced course now. It's a much more uh, appropriate course now. And he really stopped them in their tracks. And so, yes, uh, you had it right. And the college board bended the knee to him. But what you end up with is actually a a better course, which now leads to if this is the case, once you see this, you're like, wait a second, that's all it took. All it took was saying no and a willingness to stick with the no and they changed. Well, how many other places can this change? Has this led to it wouldn't necessarily be other states, but has this led to conversations about other uh, advanced placement classes or classes in general where it's like where people have noticed uh, the the bigotry or the slant or the bias or the 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 purposeful indoctrination and are saying we can make changes here too? Well, it, it hasn't happened yet. I think that at a national sort of level. I believe this new uh, college board AP curriculum is a national curriculum. So it just took one governor in one big state to put an end to it. So I think that should be a lesson right there for Republican governors, particularly in red states where you have legislative backing and voter backing, that you need to get more aggressive in these things where national national entities are trying to impose standards on your state that are inappropriate you have the ability to just say no. And that sometimes will be effective. Now it's Florida, so it's a big state. Would it have been as effective if it was Idaho or you know South Dakota? I don't know. But uh, certainly DeSantis led the way on that. And I think Republican legislatures and governors need to get more aggressive, not to stop topics from being fairly discussed, but the highly politicized indoctrination that is being pushed at a national level by the federal government, by the college board until now, by various education groups funded by people like Bill Gates. Uh, really, the, the last line of defense are the states and the governors and the legislatures. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. In writing about this, you connect to the defunding of critical race theory and DEI. DeSantis takes wrecking ball to diversity, equity, and inclusion bureaucracy in Florida public universities. This is a second story within the same umbrella of stories that simply saying we're not going to do this has led to changes. What are the changes currently underway in Florida? Well, uh, DeSantis proposed legislation. I don't think it's passed yet, but it's on his agenda for this calendar year, which would essentially defund what is loosely called diversity, equity, and inclusion bureaucracies throughout the Florida public university system. Anybody who's been on a campus knows that DEI bureaucracies are incredibly well-staffed. They are growing at a rapid pace. They, uh, do programming that affects students and faculty and staff, and they have become really a a political commissars on campuses pushing identity politics because some, they'll try to claim, well, DEI is just about, you know, good things. It's not ideological, but it is ideological. At its core, it uh, is a group identity approach to the world as opposed to an individual rights approach to the world. So the whole thing is ideological. Uh, It's a lot of bloat in the bureaucracy at a time that schools are facing budget issues. So he is passing legislation that essentially defunds it. 
that no public university, he can't affect private universities, but no public, essentially defunds and eliminates the DEI bureaucracy. Uh, he goes a few steps further uh, that really have nothing directly to do with that, with about weakening the uh, protections, tenure protections for professors. Uh, the two are not necessarily directly related. I think the second one might be a little bit more controversial on campuses, but that's what it is. So he, he is somebody who is saying, as governor, uh, we have a right to determine how our taxpayer money is going to be spent. And we are not going to fund this stuff. That's very different than his prior proposal, which is law, which is being challenged in the federal courts, the so-called Stop Woke Act, which tries to regulate what can be taught in classes. And that at, at the moment has an injunction against it on First Amendment grounds. Uh, and I've always argued that that is probably the least good way or the worst way to go about it, that focus on the funding for public universities. You do not need to pay for something that you object to. And that's, you know, the power of the purse. And so that's the better route to go is to defund the bureaucracy rather than to try to tell a professor what he or she can say in the classroom. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in hope today. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, LegalInsurrection.com. I, I do want to get into some more of these topics, but I, I wanted to get your take on the FBI investigation at President Biden's beach home in Rehoboth. Uh, the, this investigation that took place with the knowledge of Joe Biden, with the knowledge of his lawyer, Bob Bauer. They, they organized the time. They met up. Bob Bauer led the investigation, as per some of the reporting uh, in the House. They didn't find any classified documents, but they did take a couple of handwritten notes with them. This seems, as we've watched the raid on, on President Trump's home, whether you agree with it or not, the raid on uh, Paul Manafort's home, the raid on Roger Stone's home, the way we know that the FBI usually operates with, you know, regular folk, this seems very, very irregular and very, very velvet glove. This seem normal to you? This this the way an investigation should happen? Well, uh it is unusual if you look at the other major raids that have taken place. And I say raids. Now, they had judicial approval, but they were, they were all of the sudden, out of the blue, unexpected. That's a raid, no matter how you, how do you try to frame it, uh, that the, uh, have taken place. You know, I, I think it was Roger Stone. CNN was tipped off in advance and was there with their cameras. So Correct. Uh, this is something that was kept very hidden. And uh, not the usual way the FBI has done it when they really want to embarrass somebody. Now, of course, now they're going to the home of their boss, literally their boss, the person 
that the Justice Department reports to. Uh, so I think that part of the executive branch. So it's not usual. It's very deferential. Now, in fairness to the FBI, that did happen with Trump. FBI agents before the raid, weeks or months before the raid, were allowed onto the premises, were allowed to look at things, uh, they were accompanied, uh, and only when they claimed that not everything had been turned over did they then get the, the warrant and do the raid. So it's not usual, it's very deferential, but it, it does have a precedent in the way they initially treated Trump before they claimed that not everything had been turned over. The taking of one or two documents that they say, okay, it's not classified, but that signal anything to you? Well, that's unusual. I mean, if the purpose of this raid, the purpose of this review was to, or search, was to get classified documents, why are they taking handwritten notes? We don't know. We don't know what was in the notes. But, you know, I've always argued, or at least argued for weeks, that I think the classified documents at the various Biden locations are the tail on the dog here. Yeah, I don't think that when the lawyers originally discovered that there were classified documents at the UPenn satellite office in D.C., in Washington, D.C., I don't think they were actually looking for classified documents. I think they were looking things regarding Hunter Biden's business dealings, Joe Biden's dealings with foreign governments on behalf of Hunter Biden uh, in, that were in his vice presidential papers that were kept at UPenn. I think they were looking for other things because they knew that Republicans were going to be taking over the Congress and would have subpoena power, and Republicans could subpoena UPenn to turn over the, all those documents and all those records. Well, if the records are not physically at UPenn, Republicans in the House can't do that. They'd have to subpoena Biden, which raises all sorts of issues. So I think that this was a cleansing operation conducted by Biden's lawyers. Why else would lawyers be doing this rather than just move the boxers, hire, hire a moving company and move the boxes? I think this was a cleansing operation. And in the course of that cleansing operation, the Biden lawyers were like, oh, damn, we've got classified documents in here. What do we do now? Well, they're smart enough lawyers. They knew they couldn't just throw them out. They knew they couldn't. So they, they called their buddies, people they knew at DOJ, and worked out the turn, you know, turning them over. So I don't think this is really about Joe Biden having classified documents. I'd like to know what were in the documents that weren't classified that have to do with his vice presidential dealings that could be extremely embarrassing and are the real scandal here. The real scandal here is that Joe Biden sold access to himself and maybe worse than just access in order to benefit his family particularly his son as the conduit which so brings us that's which, what i think the story is about which brings us quickly to to hunter biden finally admitting that the laptop is his and oh by the way there should be a criminal probe into the computer shop owner and former president trump and rudy giuliani because look what they've done and that's all criminal does he have a case at all well, I, I don't know the details of what his argument is, but it's clear they are running scared. There is stuff out there that we don't know about that probably will get Joe Biden impeached. OK, as much as Republicans are hesitant to do it, I think his conduct was probably a lot worse 
and a lot more involved than we currently know. So the fact that Hunter Biden is trying to get people criminally charged for doing things, and he's, as I understand it from news reports, he's saying anyone who shares the information should be criminally charged. So this is another way they're trying to spike the story. They're trying to put reporters and conservatives and everybody that, look, you're going to be criminally prosecuted if you write about this, if you disclose it, if you tell people about it. So this is another shutdown operation. And I think they are hiding something massive, more massive than we even know right now. That is a complete scandal uh, and really shows that Joe Biden breached his uh, you know, duty of loyalty to the United States. We don't have that information yet, but you don't act this way unless you're hiding something. That is Cornell Law Professor William Jacobson. LegalInsurrection.com. Check it out for yourself, sir. I appreciate you. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz.